I'm okay. How are you? I'm exhausted. But I want to apologize for my voice, by the way. I haven't had a voice in three weeks. So if I sound like Big Inch today, I'm trying <laughs> to get it God back. I don't know soul. what to do. God rest that woman's soul. No, for she, real. Oh, we miss you, Big Inch. She was also um, a bartender. She is a, a bar owner. Exactly. The Drunken Monkey. So let's Exactly. Like, All right. To Big out. Inch and yeah. to the Drunken Monkey. The Drunken Monkey. Long Island or Staten Island? Ooh, I don't want to say because I don't want to say the wrong one. It's on an island. Yeah, I yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, so our LIT this week uh, is going to be about kind of the do's, do's and don'ts that Ricky believe, that me and Ricky believe are like the do's and don'ts of just large bartenders, convention-esque situations. Yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to talk about specifically, I just came back from Tiki by the Sea, which was awesome. The thank alumni you to, one. The alumni one. Uh, thank you to Tiki by the Tea, uh, Tiki by the Sea, um, Tiki by the Tea. <laughs> I mean, that is, nice that is what this is right now, is Tiki by the Tea. Um, <laughs> uh, but thank you for bringing um, Orlando and I out there. We're super grateful. Um, and most of the stuff that I'm going to bring up is not, has nothing to do with like Tiki by the Sea itself. They are great. It's just, the people that attend. So yeah. it's like 50, it was like 50, 40 to 50 um, bartenders, bar managers, bar owners. Um, we were the alumni crew, so they've had five contingents. We And so it was like you had to have gone to one of their Tiki by the Seas in Wildwood. Um, so it was people who had already been to this kind of event before. Um, which is really surprising because their behavior kind of <laughs> didn't reflect that. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> so what I would say is some of, like, I'm going to say, like, one do that I thought is really important is introducing yourself to everybody, right? Yeah. I think that, you know, in large situ- in those situations, you're just like, oh, I don't even want to deal with this right now. But I do think it makes it much easier to figure out who your tribe is if you make the effort to, and not necessarily need a tribe, but at least the kind of people you're like, oh, I fuck with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, make, and figuring that out is introducing yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like to always introduce myself by saying, like, hi, I'm Taylor, and I'm from, like, I live in New York City. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, hi, I'm Taylor, and I, like, work at the Dead Rabbit. Um, yeah. <laughs> because I think a lot of the times too there were some <laughs> there were some bars that I had never heard of that I maybe should have like and people think I should have known oh that's me that they day. named like, you never heard of him like <laughs> that they were like oh this bar there'd just be this bar in Kansas City and like even though it's like the bar in Kansas City you've like, never been there so why would you I know? don't know so just tell uh-huh. me Kansas City yeah well eventually you're gonna tell me about where you work which is another thing. But let's start where Let's start you're with from. where you're from, like basic things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, someone that you would, something you would tell a stranger. Like, yeah. Because I'm a stranger, basically. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was, that's what something I think you should do. You should introduce yourself to everyone. Um, some of the don'ts, uh, I met, I like, I think that there was a, there was a, obviously a combination of two different kind of people there. There were like, Little fishes in big ponds, in the sense of being like a, a bartender in a large market, mm-hmm. um, a very like saturated market, like New York, LA, Chicago, yeah. those larger cities. 
Um, and then there were like the big fish in the small pond, which were like bartenders and bar managers and, you know, mixologists or whatever that were all from, <laughs> that's what some of them called themselves. So that's what you're calling yourself. Then I'm going to call you that, you know? Yep. Um, they were like, say my name. And I was like, mixologist, mixologist. I heard you. Chef um, tender. <laughs> I'm <a> chef tender. <laughs> chef tender. What is a chef tender? I make all my own things to make drinks with. I cook things to make drinks with. So I'm a chef tender. Okay. I'm back of house and front of house. Oh, you just, ha- you just the house? She uh, the whole hey. house. She the whole house. You never heard of that before? She the whole house? You know, no, the chef tender. No. Oh my God. It's a thing. A chef tender. Mm-hmm. You know, a chef would slap you across your yep. fucking face. Mm-hmm. Would just like, just like, come over here. What would you? What would you? You got something on your face. <laughs> um. Anyway, it was like so. Then there's like the big fish in the small pond, right? So you're like one of the most like or well known bartenders in the small community, mm. which is cool. You know, whatever. Like that's the market you live in. That's the market you flourish. But it's just the kind of behavior of two of those more so the like the the big fish in yeah. the small ponds, like the, those kind of behaviors as to like you can't just because in your city you think you run shit in other cities like that the behavior is not how you generally act, you know, like yeah. it's it's a you're more integrated into a larger community. And so you are you are taught really quickly to to adjust and to like not act up in that way because you have other peers and other bars and other in that bigger community to check you. But when your community is so small, no one's out here checking anyone because they're just like the shit. And I think you have to really put things into perspective and say to yourself like, okay, I'm in a group of really diverse people from coming from different markets. How can I, how can I make sure my behavior doesn't like negatively affect anyone. Yeah. Cuz it was it was like they were just kind of they were just yeah. kind of rude. They were just really rude and I'd be like, oh. the, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day it's just drinks. There's it's, no one that needs to be acting like they're god. I know. Yeah, and another thing was like, you know, I think Orlando and I really um, meshed and got a clo- got like became became friends with the people who were just asking me questions about myself mm-hmm. versus like the seven degrees of who we know. Yeah, you know, like they're like, oh, you work at this bar, like, do you know this person? And I'd be like, oh, like you know, like it didn't it be it then it took away from the in the moment conversation of like us getting to know each other because yeah. all you're trying to do is figure out who we know in common and that doesn't and the person who we can know, know in, yeah. yeah and the person who we can know in common is each other if exactly. you just like spent the time to do that yeah like <laughs> why does it have to be a middle person yeah yeah and i was and it's just listen i mean i i i don't want to ever say i'm jaded because i don't want to be jaded no. Wait, you're not? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will say that, like, I'm recently just much more into getting to know these people, people in general, and figuring out whether I fuck with you or not, versus just, like, this industry very, like, surface-ass shit. Yeah. And so we, 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 we met like a handful of people that we really enjoyed, that we got to know, we got to get to know, and 
That was great, but I think in the future, when you are in those like camp-like situations, like these overnighters, um, actually be present and try to make real relationships with people because that's how you get to go to visit different cities and you have actual friends who will hold you down. Mm-hmm. Not just someone who will just like meet you at a bar that night and be like, but someone who you can be like, can I crash on your couch? Like That's how you make real relationships. That's how you get to travel. That's how I've been able to do guest bartenderships around the country. Like yeah. It's because you have to make real relationships with people. And if you're not into doing that, then... Yeah, what's the point? What's the point, mm-hmm. you know? Networking has taken away from socializing and real connections. Yeah. And it, it's opportunities, obviously, to network, but, like, you know. But actually get to know the person. Yeah. Not just, for like, from a career or work standpoint, but, like, also as a friend. Or, yeah, or as a person. person, yeah. Because yeah, the thing is this, if I don't want to, I don't want to do a guest bartender shift at your bar in San Diego... If yeah. I don't actually fuck with you, and I don't want to have to it to get to that point, <laughs> I don't want to have to get all the way to San Diego. I'm just using that as an example. Get yeah. to your bar and then realize I don't fuck with you, and then I'm stuck doing a shift at a fucking with a fucking nightmare. You know, yeah. like avoid those situations. Yeah, that's no. all. It makes sense. And also the amount of drinking that goes on. Like, listen, we all have to have a good time, but it's alarming that people oh still don't know how to act. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. I know. I mean, and when you do have, when you have all that liquor available to you and every little thing that's, you know, we had seminars and workshops and lunches and, you know, uh, happy hours and all of that gets sponsored by a different brand. Brand, of course. You know. You don't have to do all of them. You don't have to drink all of them. And you could be drunk. And we've all been drunk. It's just, why you gotta be a herb and be drunk? <laughs> Because those things go hand in hand for a lot of people. I know. <laughs> the herb comes out. The herb comes out. It was real herbaceous. Real, real herbaceous. 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 <laughs> anyway, overall, I had I, I got to see um, this convention called Hukilao, um, which I had never been to or really heard of up until this year. And... Um, I was able to see kind of the ticket by the sea ended when Hoogie Lao was starting. So we, we stayed an extra day and we were kind of able to see this kind of consumer face tiki event that, um, that was interesting to say the least, um, yeah. that happens in Fort Lauderdale. Um, the best, one of the best things out of that trip was going to Mai Kai, which is this like, yeah, amazing, crazy, huge, um, staple of a, um, and at least in like the tiki world, especially in South, in, in Florida, yeah. um, and it's just this like restaurant that's interactive. It's really beautiful and ornate, and it has um, all these different kind of like spaces and rooms for you to um, meander through. Yeah. Um, and it's really it's pretty transcending, but in a very like old school, old school tiki. I think it reminds me of like when Tiki first came out, kind of those like getaway places, mm-hmm. uh, their first concept of like escapism and being in like Fort Lauderdale and then walking into this <laughs> restaurant and, and seeing kind of that transformation. Um, and it just felt like really like, um, 
old school. Yeah. Like it was a part of something that was way before any of our times. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's still going on. And also we did a tour and which was really cool is that the owner had passed, has passed away. And since, I don't know, 10, 15 something years ago, it was a while ago. Yeah. But his wife has now, um, kind of been running it. And so I think that's a nice little piece of like woman tiki history that I didn't really know that this, you know, world renowned like establishment is now being run by, um, his wife. Yeah. And, and that's I'm sure she was also helping run that ship even before he died. So, of course. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, overall, I had a great experience. Uh, so thank you, uh, Pete from Avoa, um, for that trip, and Steva and everyone. But it's just really interesting when you have all these uh, personalities and all these different, you can see where everyone else is in their career and kind of engaging with that. Mm-hmm. is interesting. Anyways, that was yeah. my tea. What's your tea? Um, I'm going to talk about how, well, how I dealt with another bar convention at BCB this year. Um, last year I had a really hard time because I was very overwhelmed and I had like a few anxiety attacks like within both the days of being there, um, both during the convention and after, like, all the events that were going on. I know it was a lot to do with the fact that I had just opened Polynesian and me and another colleague from there were the ones that got to go to BCB. And it was like being attacked from every angle from people that I knew, like friends or vendors that wanted to get into Polynesian. Uh, But it was just like, I couldn't even get to the registration without maybe like 10, 15 people coming right up to me as soon as I walked in the door. Um, I've never dealt with that before, um, and I didn't know, like, that was just the beginning of my day. So the rest of my day only got worse um, to the point that I, like, stopped talking to people that were approaching me. Like, I had to leave, remove myself from the space to then have to come back and deal with it more, and it was really hard on me. I didn't sleep the night in between, um, so I was worried about it this year, and I did a lot um, to prepare myself for this year. First thing was me and Taylor got to work BCB instead of being, you know, consumers Which or was so great. It was oh already half the battle. Half the battle because we had you had a brand and you had you had somewhere to be. I had somewhere to be. And you were like, be. "Listen, I can't yep. talk right now." And you could literally be like, "You guys, I got to go. I, you can't you got to go. I got to yeah. work." Or I walked in and just you no one was there, where I was and I'd be like, go. "You gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta." They're yeah. Like, there's no one here. I was like, "They're coming, they're coming. You gotta go, you gotta." They're coming, they're coming. Yeah. They told me they're coming. And especially instead of having to walk around and see things, I was just stationary, so people could just come up to me and see me. So that was a huge help um, in terms of being in the space. Uh, what I did before both days was I made sure that I got up early and I breathed I meditated the day before it started I just didn't do anything I just stayed in the house and I got my shit together I just got my mental together I mm-hmm. got my room together I got everything ironed out for the next two days next day I got up went to yoga breathed um I took the long way there I don't live far from where it was but I took a car about halfway and then got out and I got myself a CBD um cold brew and then there I walked half the way there you go I breathed the whole time I got in did my shift shift was super fun very easy and then that ended 
And then the second part is all the events after. Everyone's like, come here. No, come here. Oh, do this. Oh, do that. And it's like you have an itinerary of places that you need to go, people that you need to see and brands you need to support. And it gets really overwhelming because mm-hmm. everything is all in the same area. But during the same time, so you're like, I can spend 10 minutes here and five minutes there and three minutes here. It's like gets to be a lot, especially, I mean, for me, I had just finished working and all I wanted to do was kind of just relax and get myself ready for the next day anyways. So instead of what I did last year was I hit everything. I went to everyone's party. I did everything. This year I picked one thing that I wanted to do per day. And I picked the people that I wanted to surround myself with. Mm-hmm. And that's all I did. Good. I didn't feel any pressure. Anyone that asked me what I was doing or if I can come to this, I would just politely decline be like, listen, I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Well, it's really great. We're very fortunate to kind of... Um live in the market where this is happening Mm -hmm. because it allows us to not have this concept of FOMO or concept of like, if we were to go to like Bar Comet Berlin, we would want to be able to hit everything up because we don't, that's the city we don't know. We want to go to the bars. You want to see it. You have that, that urgency to like, make sure you go to everything because you want to be able to cover as much space as Uh possible while you're on a vacation or while, even if it's like a work vacation. Um, And so I know a lot of people who were, like, giving me pressure. And I was like, it's all right. I'll go to that bar. When this all is said, like, when all is said is done, what is it? When all is said and done. When all is said (laughs) and done. You know, I'm always so close. Yep. I'm so close. When all is said and done, um, I I can go to those bars. And and even, like, I'll write it on a list. I've already been there. Extra Fancy is already, like, I've already been there. It has a lot to do with the brand support, but the brand people that we're dealing with are already from here. They're people we know and we see on the daily anyway. So it's like, if I don't make this event, I'll make another one of your events next week in the middle of the week when everyone's gone. Yeah. I don't... That felt, that was, like, that was really great. I was able to say to myself, okay, Taylor, like, you don't have to stress too much because... It'll be okay. Like, where there's nothing, like, you don't need any FOMO. Um, it's funny because at the end of the day, I just stuck to my guns about what I was doing at the end of both days. And it, I found that me doing that, the people that actually wanted to see me would show up to where I were, where, where yeah. I was. I'm like, I'm doing this thing and this thing only. You have fun there. Tell me how it is. Yeah. I'm not going. And then sure enough, I'm getting hit up. Wait, where are you? I'm leaving this thing that I wanted you to come to. Yeah. That sounds better. Or... You still there? I'm like, yep, I'm not moving. Yeah, if you can become the here. anchor yeah. of the in the in a moment of chaos, that I just also the most chill things that yeah. my, I knew most of my friends were going to be at, and the people that I wanted to surround myself with, so I could be prepared for the next day of BCB and not be stressed out. Yeah, you know, it's a lot because especially when it's in like our home city, you have people that are visiting from out of town that you haven't seen in forever, and you feel bad, or you don't feel bad. I didn't feel. I saw them all. I didn't at feel the bad at all. I saw them all at BCB. If you're, if you, I'm letting you know, hey, I'm going to be there all day. This is my shift. Come see me. That was great. It was, it was great. Well, also shout outs to Jackie Summers. I feel like I've shouted him out in every episode since his episode. Yeah. But Jackie reached out to Ricky and I um, and said, hey, you want to, you want to um, staff the Heaven Hill bars? And yes. Uh, we were like, yeah, yeah, we do, Jackie. So we actually um, staffed all of the women, uh, he specifically women of color, yeah. um, in the four bars that were in the Heaven Hill section. Yeah. Um, and it was awesome because I was able to 
see everyone and surround myself with the people that I wanted to be surrounded by so that we kind of actually manifested and created our own little safety net for us because Mm -hmm. the women that we brought on were our peers, our friends, and the people that we want to help see grow. And we were just like, oh my God, we're on. The way that it was also, it was kind of faced towards us was like a... Yeah, we were all facing each other. We were all facing each other. Yeah, it was was exactly. It was like a, yeah. We were all facing each other. So even in the moments of anxiety, because I still had, we still... Like we mentioned before, there's people and there's people in the room that have done something you're a victim of or or you just, you can't, you don't want to be around certain people. And these are the events that you can't avoid them at because we all work in the same industry and everyone and their moms are there. It's a who's who. You know, it's a who's who. I had like four people that I was dreading seeing, but the fact that I could look to my left and Taylor's there and to the front of me and Kitty's there and to the right of me and like Mimi's there yeah. or you know my girl Ariana from Freehold who's got my back during my shifts all the time Yeah, when some dumb shit happens the fact that they were around me when I would spot one of these people or they would even come into our booth it would just be like do I need to take a step away cool mm-hmm. I can cover your bar yeah. or come over to mine while they're standing by yours you yeah. know like it was really helpful there was um, a couple of times where we like locked eyes when either mm-hmm. of us saw each other's like people we don't fuck trigger with tri- our trigger people. <laughs> and we and Ricky would just like and we would just look at each other and it it was the best feeling to just yeah. literally like across literally run into them as walking through the convention either, which was great. And the people that came into the booth, it was it's, it's insane. <laughs> you see me, you've hurt me in some way and you know it. Why are you here? You really fuck with Heaven Hill that heavy? Where? That you can't get redemption at another bar, like that you like outside of this bar. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it was just like so invasive. But was they were great. Heaven Hill, shout out to also that that team that managed it because there were a couple times where on the fly, Ricky and I needed to step away, and they would, and she would just be like. I'd be like, can you come by here for five minutes? I just need to go talk to Ricky about something. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. Boom, Mm. she would come. Boom, across the street, I would be like across and like talk to her because I was. Because it's another thing is like you're kind of in a, a situation where they can freely come into your booth. This isn't your yeah. bar. This, this is, is a convention. I prepare myself it's just a booth. better this yeah. year because last year I didn't have that situation. Last year there wasn't really anyone in my, in my life in the bar community that I was like, I don't want to be around this person. Mm-hmm. This is a brand new thing for me. I've never been a person who has issues with people. A lot of things have happened in the past year for me. A lot of change. Um... And I had to deal with it this year and seeing the people that make me uncomfortable. And it's good to put myself in that position because I'm 30 and I really haven't had to deal with that ever. And yeah. I feel like that's why I knew how to better handle my anxiety this year Yeah. than last year because of the things I went through in between BCB last year and this year, mm. which is great. But it was a huge help to have to be able to work there and to get to know what to expect um, and to just manage my myself and my like personal well-being over the whole shit show of bcb yeah and last year was the first time it was bcb so we had to like we didn't know what to expect we didn't know what this convention was because it had always happened in berlin Mm -hmm. so we have had things like tales you have things like speed rack where you're you're around people you know other Mm -hmm. expos but bcb was different um and it was our first year so i'm proud of you Proud of you, sis. That was great. It was, yeah. It was. I I surprised myself because I expected the first day to be a hot mess, 
I was like, do I need to pack some some stuff <laughs> so I can like take smoke breaks? Yeah, just chill because I don't know how to navigate <laughs> through this. Um, but I've also made a lot of really good friends this year, like supported me in what I went through, and like the fact that they were there and would just pop up every few minutes too it was like really comforting. Yeah, although so. those walks to the bathroom were hectic. Yeah, I'd have to look down. I was like, guys, I, I have to pee. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm proud of you. That's great. Um, growth is good, and I'm glad that you're supporting yourself in the ways that you need to. Yeah. To feel safe. Great. <laughs> segment is the straight no chaser straight no chaser um our special guest is shannon mustafer you want to introduce yourself yes hi my name is <laughs> shannon mustafer as, as ricky mentioned and i live in brooklyn i'm a spiritual advisor aka uh, beverage director at gladys caribbean and i also work with Bertu brandy as their manager of brand education yes hey. amongst other things i wear a couple hats uh woman who tiki is my pop-up you know we're here in new york we're nationwide and I'm also the author of Tiki Modern Tropical Cocktails, which came out yes. this year with Rizzoli. Yes, you just went on a tour. Well, I'm I'm on a still, break. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be going okay. until uh, October. But nice. the, the first half of the tour was West Coast, Midwest, Southeast, hit up like 12 cities. Jesus. Yeah, okay. no, I'm on a little you break did. right now. Yeah. That's Midwest. why I'm here with you right now. Right. So <laughs> this is what she got the pencil that's wow. awesome. So, what's your how how much time are you giving yourself for the break? It's like three weeks, okay. like just okay. enough. Because like the first leg was twelve weeks, and it's like three weeks, and now I'm like another twelve weeks. So it's, it's mathematical. Wow. It, it was thought out. Oh nice. my god! How do you pack? Light. <laughs> if, if, I, if I can avoid checking in, I I avoid that because I don't like waiting for my bag. I don't like the thought of like my missing my lost. back. I, I just don't want to deal with it. So yeah. when I was little, um, I don't even know the dimensions. Like the smallie, the small smallest, little roly like, polies. Roly, that's I it. wish. That's it. I mean, I wear the same stuff every day. Plus, it's like a tiki tour, so all I need is like jeans and like three or four shirts. Yeah, and I'm fine. You're right. <laughs> yeah. What's been uh, your favorite thing on tour? Well, I mean, there so many good experiences. Like I've, I had a chance to visit Lost Lake and Lost River in Detroit. Yes. I'd never been in Detroit. And that was wonderful. Detroit's Porco sad. Lounge in Cleveland. Like those people are a total riot and super sweet. <laughs> um, but I have to say it, I think thus far the highlight was the first leg. Mm. I launched a book at Trader Vic's in Emeryville. Mm. That's amazing. And you know, the Mai Tai was the first tiki drink I put on my menu at Gladys. It was five yeah. years ago and yeah. it hasn't come off. Yeah. And so to have that drink that I, um, really dove into and felt intrigued by, you know, to to launch my book in the home of the Mai Tai in the OG location. Yeah. 
yeah. with Eve Bergeron is the host. Yeah. You know, like she reached out to me. She didn't have to do that. Wow. And so that was pretty incredible. Would would she reach out to you to launch your book there? She did. Nice. Wow. Mm-hmm. And would you have what were, what did you have in mind before she did that as to where you wanted to launch the book? That's a good question. No, <laughs> I think it's, you know the the months leading up to the launch were really hectic logistically with my publisher, and I'm really grateful that um, they've been tremendously helpful. Antonia Perullo, in particular, my publicist, is a lifesaver. Um, I had cities in mind. Like I knew I wanted to do certain cities. I didn't necessarily know which bars, um, but half of the places that I popped up in approached me or like 80 to 90 percent. And so the burden of like having to pick it out was kind of taken away from me, which is good. Yeah. It was just a matter of like picking dates that worked. Wow. That's really good. That's awesome. Yeah. Shit. And you have 12 more weeks. Yeah. What, what are the, what's the second leg going to look like? Yeah. So second leg is going to be back to the West coast to kind of like fill in some gaps. Um, Seattle, we're going to do a pop-up at Rumba. Nice. In L.A., I'm going to do a pop-up at the Geeky Tiki shop. Like, they, they make mugs, and they just opened their first retail store nice. last week. Cool. A couple of their mugs are in my book. So nice. I definitely want to go support them. Uh, San Diego, they got Tiki Oasis out there. So um, I'll be doing a pop-up there. And then in San Francisco, Leo's Oyster Bar has this cute little tiny tiki room in the back <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're working on getting some local bartenders to pop up with me there like maybe Jeannie grant you know mm-hmm. dog parks yeah zombie village crew might come through so that's west coast and then europe well yeah but there's something in between that and europe <laughs> Okay, all right, it's coming to me now, right? Let me let me get another sip of this drink here. Yeah, and then you know, in uh, late late July, just gonna be like really low key, like D.C., Baltimore, Philly. Like it's not gonna be crazy, like flying all over the place, which I'm really um, looking Take forward to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little um, you know less demanding, and and then capping it off with London Cocktail Week. Uh, pop up at Trailer Happiness, and then I'm gonna peace out to Paris. Uh. Yeah, dirty dick. Well, you know, I'm chatting with them. I'm not like insisting on doing something because I, I just thought it was like a vacation. It's like a year of grinding, two years yeah. of writing that book and all that stuff. So it's like when it's all said and done, I just want to go to Paris. And I love yeah. Paris. So that that's the plan. Oh my god. That's what I got. I mean, but hey, never And then never. winter, you're just are you just are we gonna go into hibernation? I refuse to think about it right now. I But you know, there's a, there's enough there already. I'm perfectly happy to, to leave it as is, but I'm sure, you know, other opportunities will arise. And how is that um this new book tour as as Gladys are you still holding Gladys down from a from afar? Well, you know, Gladys is always in my heart. She's she's always close to me. I, I live a few blocks away from the restaurant, so when I'm in town, I pop in at least two or three times a week. Good. Like, I, I was there yesterday. Claire Sprouse walked in randomly, yeah. and I was doing admin, and I was like, how are you? She's like, I need a daiquiri. I was like, good. I need a break from this computer. So <laughs> I got behind the bar, made, like, one me. drink, and then I was like, I got to go now. Bye. So I'm, I'm there. Good. I'm there. Good. That's cute. That's amazing. I think I'm, you know... I think your book is important, and I think you publishing that book is important. Um, the visuals are so intriguing. Like, I just wanted to 
be on mushrooms and read a book <laughs> because you have no because the visuals are so are so intriguing and the colors and the way that you have a lot of I thought it was really interesting some of the, uh, the pictures are of two people like exchanging the drink like one person bringing the other drink or you or two people holding the same drink yeah which I thought was really cool mm-hmm. um that concept the concept of togetherness or even seeing people's hands yeah and like but and like I think that you know a lot of cocktail books you just have like that kind of just the, the, the glass just a drink and so it was nice to kind of have that connection and remember that this is that the drink is is obviously you know important but the person experiencing that drink is also really important. And I think I got that a lot from your book. Yeah, I mean, I, you mentioned the hands is uh, cool because I, I haven't even thought about it that way. But, you know, the way myself and Noah Effects, who, who shot it, the way we thought about it when we were planning out the imagery is that we wanted to have a really distinct look that would signal that the recipes inside were different from, you know, what had been published prior, right? So... We wanted to signal there's going to be a change of direction in tiki cocktail. So, you know, having like really bright colors and kind of what I would call like kind of eyeball searing imagery and things mm. that you don't normally see in a cocktail book was really critical to that. Um, and we wanted it to feel like you were going into another world, which is what tiki is. It's like a escapist experience. So it's not mm. like just your everyday like ho-hum sort of situation mm-hmm. and uh we want that to come across in, in the photography meanwhile with the hands right so that togetherness thing like mm-hmm. there's one with like i'm passing a punch bowl off to the stylist and funny thing if you look really close i'm wearing a bcb bracelet i saw the bcb bracelet i did <laughs> see was, that like, such a crazy week and i like didn't take the bracelets <laughs> yeah. off and i didn't see it until we were like in post-production it was too late to take but it off. i mean just make sure it's, no, it's like you're a real, real person no yeah. i thought it was funny i thought it was great i was like she's busy and she got she <laughs> she's booked so busy she she's so busy all right she got she booked this photo shoot all right, Home but she got other shit, shit, she got shit to do. So we, we got a photo shoot at 10 on PCB at 12. <laughs> <laughs> Homegirl was up at 4 in the morning shooting in the studio, and then she went to BCB to work, and then she yeah. went back to the studio, and then she got, no. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, kind of. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> um, so we have a few questions for you. Um, we just talked a little bit about not your journey. So what are three... Uh, benchmarks or big turning points in your career that got you to where you are right now? Yeah, sure. So I'd say the the biggest one is becoming the beverage director at, at Gladys. Mm-hmm. This was uh, five years ago. So prior to it being Caribbean, it was a new American restaurant. It had the same name. Um, but the, the difference is that a year in, one of the original partners left and went back to the West Coast to be closer to his family. Okay. At which point the remaining partner, Michael Jacober, decided to, to shut it down and change it because the concept just wasn't performing very well in the neighborhood at the time. Like yeah. we're talking about like twenty dollar sandwiches yeah, that's and like crazy. octopus uh. and it was delicious, but it just it wasn't a good fit for, for Crown Heights. Yeah. 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 So I mean, this came out in a really funny way because two or three months before they decided to close, I decided I wanted to rewrite the bar program because it, it there was no beverage director and it was just like kinda here and there, I mean, the bartenders were good. Like, you know, some of my uh, teammates worked at Dutch Kills or at Middle Branch at, okay. at one point or another, were also doing both. So it was good, but it just didn't have any focus. There was no story to it. So 
I rewrote the program and I called a meeting with the, the owner mm-hmm. and I said, Hey, I, we gotta, we gotta make some changes here. And he's like, yes, we do. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, we're Oh, all synced up okay. And we shit. were really synced up, but he dropped a bombshell. He's like, yeah, we're going to close. And I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> and yeah. then he's like, we're going to reopen as a Caribbean bar. And I was like, er, He's like, I want you to make a rum bar. And I was like, okay. And on the inside, I'm like, what? Because <laughs> I hadn't really worked with rum. I mean, you got to keep in mind, like, five years ago, like, the only thing you could find was, like, Smith and Cross, yeah. Goslings, and, like, Plantation. It just come out with Three Star and Special Dark. But there but really was wasn't it. much going on. Yeah. So I took a month, and I was in that bar every day. I think I tasted it like 200 or 250 rums. Wow. And Jesus. my face was really puffy right, yeah. right before we opened and it wasn't cute. But, um, <laughs> you know, that experience of like getting into that category and seeing how diverse it is in a way that I'd not not seen or experienced before and I'd not heard anybody talking about, like really, A, inspired me to love rum and B, inspired me to put a bar together in such a way that I could share that with my guests mm-hmm. and like make it accessible and make it fun and make it, you know, adventurous. So that was like really inspiring for me that was like definitely the first point where you know things started to, to turn um well, i have a really quick question what yeah. was your bar program before it was going to be that's a good question because even i didn't know i was working <laughs> it for a year no i mean it was you know american cocktails but it was there like was no series. but like when you said you have some changes to make i'm going to rewrite your program what was yeah. your what was your intention before he said uh, rum bar? what was like your right okay yeah, so I, I wanted to do contemporary American cocktails. Like, basically, the list we had before, there was no, like, organizing principle. It was just, like, someone would make up a cocktail and would go on. And then, like, a few weeks later, the same thing would happen. But it, there was nothing really holding it all together. It was like, oh, that's a cool idea. That's a cool idea. And it's like, okay, so yeah. but what's the general no overall thread. idea? It wasn't there. Yeah. Mm. There was a lot of Becca Rovka. Mm. <laughs> Wow. I just had two shots of that yesterday I, when we were cleaning the room. I mean, it was the only thing cold it. I had in my fridge. <laughs> I'm not mad at it, but I was just like, why do we have this? Becquerel got almost sense. blue, and then and then I don't know something else happened. <laughs> Someone else came out to something, cut. Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay. Awesome. Now go to the. So you were saying so, your yeah. second point, your second benchmark. Yeah, second benchmark. When I knew, or I was beginning to get an inkling that. Um, you know, what I was doing with that bar and in rum was beginning to resonate with people was when I was invited to be on a panel at the historical, God, I'm going to bungle this. We're going to have to go back and put it in. But the the New Orleans Historical Society had okay. a symposium around like history and foodways and beverage through the, the lens of NOLA. And I was on a panel with Ed Hamilton talking oh, wow. about rum. Nice. And there were a couple cool like authors and presenters there. And I was like, I was like all baby faced and you know, people had like PhDs and I was like, Oh, I guess I'm starting to look like some kind of, you know, person of interest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that was, I think that was like three years ago. And it was just, you know, it was great to be at that institution. It was, it was great to be in the company of the other presenters. It was great to be in New Orleans, which I love like at that city. Mm-hmm. So much fun. And it was great to just like walk around in a suit the whole time feeling really yeah. sexy and feeling myself. So it's that was, that was wow, great. I'm really in this bitch. I was like, oh, yeah. Just... <laughs> That's me. That's who I be. He was like, yeah, I'll have another bubble. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Thanks. Can we have some more champagne? <laughs> um, okay, so that was it. And then what's the third one? What is the third wow. one? Wow. <laughs> I mean, obviously the book. 
yeah. you know, and then, the you know, with just getting started, it came out three months ago, and I've already seen, like, so many opportunities, like, not just to do pop-ups, but, you know, being approached to, you know, consult on brands, nice. or, you know, can you help us make some, uh, some calls about this packaging, or this marketing, or, mm-hmm. you know, what's going into this blend, like, stuff like that, that, yes, I knew I wanted to do, I didn't know when I was going to be able to do it, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys got to keep in mind, I've only been behind the bar full time for about six years. Like I've been in hospitality, like as a server and as barista, you know, all together for about 15. Mm-hmm. But like as a full-time professional, it's been a, a relatively short time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, no, you know, 15 years in, I'll, I'll get these opportunities. I also have to, you know, say that because we have the internets and the Instagrams, things do happen faster. faster yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you can put your work out there. People can see it. People like can find you. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, I definitely attribute a lot of what's going on to that. So maybe maybe the other big turning point was going and getting an Instagram account. Hey. So if you don't have one, get, get one. Get your ass one. Get and that damn Instagram. One, I don't know how you found us, to be honest. <laughs> Seriously, because you can't find us anywhere else. Um, um, you want to plug in your, your handle real quick? Yeah, so it's really easy because I don't have time for games. Like, wait, what is her handle again? It's just at... Shannon Mustafer. It's my first and last name. No, Perfect. no dots, dashes. No, nah, just my name. Keep it. No, no three dots. No three dots. No, no dash. Nope. <laughs> just, just say my name. You get it. Cheeky joke. <laughs> we know. <laughs> um, okay. Second question is something I know is on people that I've spoken to, especially a lot of people's minds. Uh, when it comes to tiki and being women of color, you always look at things from an, an angle of is this is this cultural appropriation? Like, where does escapism and cultural appropriation like where does that line blur with tiki? I mean, it's like, a question. It's there's no one right answer to that. Just because it depends on where you are, right? Every every city, every bar. Every individual that participates in tiki culture has their own take on what tiki is, right? So, you know, as an example, in New York, when we when we talk about tiki, we're talking primarily about cocktails. Mm-hmm. We're talking about cocktails that are inspired by Don Beach and Trader Vic and Stephen Crane. Like, we're talking about a, a genre of cocktail making, right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, if you go to the West Coast, like I was, you know, the first tiki oasis I went to three years ago, I was shocked to discover that the drinks at the festival were terrible. I had like one cocktail that week and I gave up because because it's not about drinks. Yeah. It's not just drinks. It's architecture. It's fashion. It's music. Mm -hmm. It's a lifestyle. So, you know, drinks are like one. There are a lot of tiki people that don't drink, you know, they're into the fashion and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're in that context, then I think maybe you're asking questions about uh, cultural appropriation in regards to like fashion and pattern yeah. shirts and you know if you go to like a restaurant or bar like the Maikai for instance like the menu is Polynesian fare but it's mm-hmm. Chinese food so yeah. it's like well what is this you know yeah. so I, I would say that you know when these bars and restaurants like first kicked off in the 40s and 50s and 60s the kind of conversations we have like now about appropriation that wasn't even a thing no one wasn't thought even about a word. No, no no one thought about it and so you know, I think. So, like, how do we translate that to now when that appropriation is such a large topic in like everything we do? Everyone's walking on eggshells right now to not appropriate this or that. Mm, 
Well, the thing is, it's like it's already too late. Yeah. And I think that um, there's ways to tastefully reference the tradition of the tiki bar and the tiki restaurant while being respectful of the cultures that are being referenced, right? So let's say, for instance, like if I were to open a tiki bar, I don't know that I ever would. I would open a tropical bar, right? Mm. Am I going to bring like a wooden like tiki god into the bar? Like an idol? No. no, I wouldn't. But would I use like color schemes that are referencing original bars that I believe like evoke a tropical environment? Yes. So I don't know. I I don't look around me and feel offended by by things. I think what's offensive is maybe people not thinking it through. Like if you if you know what you're doing and you know why you're doing it and you can stand by it, go right ahead. If you're not thinking about it and you're just doing it, then that's when the the problems start. Yeah. Yeah. It it comes down to that. Just use your brain. And I think a big part of any um, kind of that conversation of cultural appropriation, or when you, when others other cultures are involved in this is what I said also like in episode one about like episode two or something about the quinceanera. It's oh, like yeah. if you are going to do that and you want to celebrate something like a quinceanera or a quinceanera theme party, like do some research and the, and and actually figure out what is entails in the how culture influenced this reemergence of tiki and like how you know cultures just do a little bit of research and don't and be able to understand why things come from where and why it's important and and i think if you just read up a little bit i think that was something that i learned when i was at tiki by the sea alumni where we delved more into history than um about like the first Tiki by the Sea was more of like topics and it was like Tiki by the Sea's the original one was like the 101 and this one was kind of like the 201 course mm-hmm. and we just focused a little bit more on like the history of of Tiki and how it came to be and um, I think I would just love to see more people of color get involved in it or even people from those like I don't know like have we what's going on in Tiki in Hawaii or what's the tiki scene like in other places? But guess yeah. what? It's never enough, right? I'm, I'm citing Gladys as an example, right? So Gladys' owner, Michael Jacober, is a, a gentleman of Jewish-American descent. And his founding partner, Ju- Junior Felix, is from St. Lucia, mm-hmm. as was most of his uh, you know, kitchen staff then and now. And so people were like, wait, a white guy owns this? Hmm, I don't know. Because even then, it's like, the you know the owner's white the concept is caribbean even though you know those of us who built a program and you know created the menus and worked in the space you know i'm i'm personally not caribbean full disclosure but my family's from charleston which is like a hop removed if you know a little bit of caribbean history but more mm-hmm. on that later <clears throat> but you know some people look at that and be like well you know no, that was just like window dressing and still it's like you know somebody not of the culture making money off the culture you know, so it's like you kind of can't win, really. Yeah. If someone's, you know, has that that type of criticism that says that if you're not directly of the culture, then you should not, or it's dicey or problematic for you to present the culture and profit from the culture. You know, yeah. like yeah. It, it always seems to come back to that. And I mean, I mean, I might be getting a little meta, but. I'm not Caribbean, right? Yeah. But I run a Caribbean bar and I made a career out of that. Mm-hmm. 
And for some West Coast people, I'm not tiki because I'm not doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Mm. And yet, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, for me and for my background, I'm just like, I've always tried to understand it because of how it was like spoon fed to me that it was an appropriation mm. when I always felt like, I don't know about that. Yeah. Because there are ways you can do it. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think going with your gut is something I learned, especially when out of just coming from Hukilao and just seeing the the variance of how tiki was kind of presented. Um, and some people very tastefully, very respectfully, very... And the other, it was like trash tiki. And it was... Mm-hmm. Not the trash tiki that's reusing. Not that one. Oh, okay. um, the, like, like Just like, tr- like trashy. Mm-hmm. Trashy perception of... And just that... that I think it, it boils down to, like, if it doesn't feel right, then it should get evaluated. Like, if it doesn't feel right inside of you, if you were like, hmm, what's going on here? Then, like, maybe you can open up a discussion about it and try to figure out. Um, and another thing is just, like, making people aware. Maybe I had a, I had a conversation with this guy, and I was like, you know, you're, you're, you're being, like, really rude right now. Because <laughs> you're drunk and you're, like, pretending to act a certain way. Basically, it was, like, trying to... Um, was drunk and trying to do the spirit dance that we saw at Maikai. You know what I mean? Like, and just doing that. And I was like, I was like, yo, my dude, you're drunk by the pool right now. But like, you cannot, like, that doesn't feel, what are you doing? Like, stop. Um, I think if it just go with your gut when it comes to certain things like that. And and just be like, you do, do you know what you're doing is offensive? Because it's offending me, you yeah. know? And just. Sometimes people just need to be made aware of their behavior and actions. And mm-hmm. if they don't respond, then then they're, you know, kind of shitty. If they don't apologize, if they're not like, oh, shit, you're right, that was really dumb. You know what I mean? Like, then now you know what kind of person they are, and boom, move on. question it could be a very loaded question as well uh we're always looking to do better um but what do you think are parts of the industry that should be like to you the most important parts that we could improve mm-hmm. on or things that we could fix or do better yeah i mean i think it's just a matter of where your focus is when you're working in an establishment particularly behind a bar i think uh you know it's, it's really exciting and inspiring and there are so many people in the bar community who are dedicated to their craft and improving their craft and knowledge of spirits and ingredients and who want to make great cocktails and want Mm -hmm. to do new things i think that's wonderful 
But it's not just that. Like, I think there are some people who are so hung up on how cool their drink is. They're not thinking about the guest. Yeah. Like, the guest doesn't care about your 20-minute infusion centrifuge XYZ. <laughs> All they really care about is if the drink is delicious. But before you even get to the point of the drink being delicious, it's like, how do I feel when I walk in here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole like, experience. Yeah, what kind, of, what kind of vibe are you giving off? Like, what's mm-hmm. the atmosphere like? Like, my pet peeve is when I walk into a bar... And the lights are too high because the bartender's oh. not paying attention to the atmosphere. Lighting is my biggest thing. You know, because it's like the bartender's just there having fun with his friends. Or he, he, you know, playing <laughs> the stupid music he wants to hear. But it's like, the guests don't want this. No. You know, so it's like, it's hospitality first. Like, think about your guests and like giving people eye contact when they walk in, even if you're busy. Mm-hmm. And it's not about you being cool and like you doing them a favor. It's like, no, no, no. The guest is actually doing you a favor by being in here and paying your tips. Exactly. So like skip the role reversal. Mm-hmm. You're not the important one here. Actually, okay. you're the kind of least important on some level. Yeah. You know, <laughs> at least in the eyes of the guests, like that's what the perception should be. The guest is a star. Yeah. And so I, I would like to see this shift. And maybe it's just like a generational thing. Guys, full disclosure, I'm 40. So I'm a little crusty and, and salty <laughs> and I'm from the South. Like once I went to someone's house and they didn't offer me water and I was just like, never again. I'm never, <laughs> I'm never coming to your house again. I'm never talking to you again. Yeah. Cause you don't know how to act. Cause you don't know how to act. Yeah. Cause you don't know how to act. That's okay? rude. And I'm not going to open this fridge <laughs> no. to get myself a glass of water. Cause uh, I know how to act. Yeah. But. No. <laughs> and I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? It's yeah. hot outside. Yeah. yeah. And you're not even curious as to whether I need water or not. And so. It's that. It's just like yeah. when you think about how to make your recipes, right? Like think about is this going to be something someone who doesn't know about cocktails will enjoy? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you get so navel gazy and insidery and like you're thinking about impressing your bartender friends, but no, not everyone guess. sitting at your bar is a bartender friend. No, 5% of the, your guests yeah, are. They so are about then... the other 95%, like yeah. you should be aiming to please them. And yeah. The not to say you got to keep it super basic because people want to be brought into things they don't know already mm-hmm. and so it's like how do you bridge the gap right but i think hospitality is like the, the big thing and like everything that comes from that like to how you make your drinks to how you greet people to the lighting the music how you treat your other co-workers right because if you have yeah. an attitude with so-and-so then she's gonna go have an attitude with a guest uh-huh. and it just like brings the vibe down snowballs yeah mm-hmm. no so it's like just be nice Thank you. Being nice is a. It don't cost easy nothing to be to nice. Do. Exactly. It don't cost shit to be nice. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thank you for sitting with us. Yeah. I know it's hot. No, it's all good. I'm, I'm a I southern girl. Busy. I can I can handle the yeah. heat. <laughs> I got I got some rum with me, so that helps. No, thank you guys for Always having helps. me and you know being flexible. I full disclosure, Ricky's been trying to hunt me down for the past three months and. I've been turning down her request for a date, and it, it became ambiguous. <laughs> Did I have the feelings or not? But <laughs> Yo, I'm always out here being fucking denied and ghosted. I'm used to this shit. <laughs> that being said, I, it's lovely to be here. And, yes. Uh, love what you guys are doing. Thank keeping you. it real. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Well, good luck to the rest of your, your second half of your tour. Yeah. No, I'm it's, it's going to be good. Yeah. I'll be a little Definitely. fangirl watching you yo i once got accosted by twins what? <laughs> yeah twin groupies twin it was kind of funny that's how you know you made it yeah i know they're like we both love you and i was like oh hey what up? hey girl 
Is it girls? The girls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lit. eventually comes back to you so you gotta be careful baby and look both ways before you cross my mind Blue's Clues? Blue's Clues, anyone? Yep. Blue's Clues? Yeah. You had a little sibling? You have a little sibling? I, I'm not that old. I watch Blue Clues myself, too. Okay. <laughs> I enjoyed it, too. Okay? Okay. I, too, how does this, Blue's Clues. How does this song go? Mail time. Yep. Well, that was, like, the end, because they were, like... That's when Mailbox rolled through. Here. Yeah. Mail's here. And All right. Um, What's the worst you've ever gone down in flames? Or seen it happen to somebody else. And this, uh, this question has a little addendum on it. Um, it was submitted by Sean, who last year watched a bar staff try to train two new bartenders during the Super Bowl at a sports bar. It did uh, not go well. Sounds terrible. When did I go down in flames? It could also be... It doesn't have to be you. It could be... Uh, Situation you've seen, obviously. Like a bartender just like not. If that's the case, don't give any names or. Of uh, course not. We don't, have, we don't, we don't, we don't give one. names on this podcast. You have a funny one. I have a funny one. It's one of my coworkers. I'm not gonna say it, but he listens and he's gonna know I'm talking about him, which is even funnier. Um, <laughs> this happened uh, the weekend before Christmas, so we were understaffed because everyone goes away, and Christmas is like on a weekend this year or something, right? Mm-hmm. So we had, like, it was a Friday night, and we only had three bartenders on the main bar when normally we have five. But we cut it down because we're like, it's not going to be busy this weekend in history for us has not been busy. So, cool, whatever. It ends up being fucking busy. We were getting our asses handed to us. It was a regular Friday with just three bartenders, so we were, like, busting our asses. Um, and at one point, in an attempt to, like, lighten the mood, this is something we do at my job all the time, we throw napkins when, like, beat drops happen and everyone goes crazy. I don't understand it. It's just napkins falling, but everyone goes nuts. So he was trying to, like, lighten the mood since we were so busy and, like, get, like, normally you just step up on the well and you throw it so you get, like, some really good air, uh, hang time. I don't know what the fuck to call it. So... He's, we're busy. He goes to fucking step on the well and throw the napkins. The well breaks on one side. No. All the bottles, all the bottles slide down one by one and start shattering. Meanwhile, to break his fall, he goes and grabs the beer taps and all the beer taps are on. No. He falls backwards into the glassware. All the shot glasses fall and hit him in the head and fall on the ground. No. So now we have all the beers on. Every bottle is slowly one by one falling on the floor and shattering. And all this glassware is falling on his head and he's laying there like. And me and the other bartender, I couldn't breathe. 
I was keeled over and I'm trying to tell the middle bartender, the point guy, to turn the beers off, but I couldn't even get words out because I was crying and I couldn't breathe. And he's also looking back at me like, what happened? And we're both looking at him on the ground like with shot glasses still falling on his head and fucking liquor everywhere. It was it was hilarious, but it was a mess because we had to now burn that ice. We're already behind. We could never catch up. Now we have all these broken glasses. We have to replenish those, get new ones, wash them, beer all over the goddamn place. And that was a service well, too. So now the tickets are coming up. We have to just make them at regular wells. But, yeah. Like everyone's a, getting a can of Tecate. It's a funny, it's a funny crash and burn story. That but is amazing. I, every time I tell it, I just think about the visual. <laughs> it was like a domino effect. That's terrible. Like, first it falls, then you go to stop your fall, you grab the beer. It's like slapstick. <laughs> you know, really, Three stages. <laughs> it really was. Aw. I mean, how was he... Was he able to recover? Yeah, no, it was hilarious, because even he was laughing. He was like, bro, I'm never throwing a napkin again. No. I'd be like, and I'm never doing that again. Yo, it it's so just not fun. for me. You'd be like, that's just not my thing. I tried. Not my thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that. That's it. I remember I... I was working in a corporate, really corporate bar. And I kind of already hated, and I, um... And it was just talk. It sucked. It was. It was really like, you know, white tablecloth kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made us wear these like black slacks, and I had these black slacks on with like a belt. They were kind of like high waisted, mm-hmm. but the the bar was really narrow, and it was already like one of those nights. When also the clientele that came there was just, um, it was a members only bar. Okay. A members forward bar, I guess you would say. And it was... The clientele wasn't nice and didn't treat us very nicely. And so I had fucked up someone's, like, martini. Because I was like, we don't have blue cheese stuffed olives. But I didn't know that, you know, they were made for this one guy. So oh, it was like, was like a VIP, you, like yeah, he gets them when... They're all VIPs. It was like a members bar. It was like literally working at a bar where every single person has a soignet and like, oh. and every single person has like a story and every single person is a VIP. Every single person's a like VIP. Yeah. You can't nice. even like slack off. Not even slack off, but like you can't even just like not... Take it easy have, with someone. Take it easy with like someone. You have to be really... And it was just Midtown East bullshit. And I remember I was like, you know, lost my rhythm. I lost my rhythm mm-hmm. and I lost my pattern. And I, and you know, now I'm able to just like kind of literally like go in the bathroom, like shake it off and be like, reboot, let's go. Like, mm-hmm. let's not make this shift a whole piece of shit. Yeah. But that place, it was just really hard. I was early on in my career and I, my skin was not thick. My, my skin was paper fucking thin yeah. at that point. <laughs> and I remember I, it was a narrow bar and I went to, I bent over to get something from the low boy. And when I, when I went to get back up the back of my pants and belt had caught onto the bottom of the well. And so as I'm standing up, I'm lifting up this whole well, like the whole, my whole like speed rack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know, because it just rests in that It just thing. rests in it, so, so yeah. I'm, like, literally picking it up, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. And my, my bar back at the time, his name was Cosmo, and he was like, no, you just see him from, like, he was like, no, because I'm like, I turn, and yeah. but because I turned, I literally had elbowed the whole well, and the whole well fell and broke behind me. My oh. ass literally just, like, picked it up, dropped it off. 
just a pick and drop, like a pick up and a drop off of like all of the well. And our well was like, you know, back then it was like Grey Goose and it was like, you know, Black Label. Like for that, it was like nicer. And they literally just sent me home that night. No. Yeah. They were like the blue cheese guy. And then that was just like two things. The blue cheese and the back it up was (laughs) was just, it was like, I got written up and I was like, I'm sorry. You guys have a really narrow bar. You require us to wear belts. It's a part of her. If I didn't have that belt. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. The belt was the, the belt was the the, the support. It was, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, and I just remember being distraught that yeah. night for getting sent home it was almost done like the sh- they, they closed there at like it was like 10 and we like last called at 11 so like the bartender the other bartender was fine but i just remember being like mortified yeah about my my ass <laughs> about the size of my ass and like it just you know just doing making that kind of mistake um but you, you know it's so crazy because when you're younger in in life in general, but like especially with this, you, everything just seems so intense for you. Yeah. And now if that happened, I'd it's be like, crazy. That's, yeah, that's my ass. That shit held up a whole fucking well. Yeah. What? <laughs> you know. Um. But. Yeah, that's hilarious. Literally I'm crashed. Funny. And speaking of burned, we had another burn victim at 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 Ghost Donkey. It's every week at Freehold. Somebody's every- hair is. Always, it's like it should be a signature scent. We came. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a signature scent of oh Freehold. However, I think we should come out with another exclusive. We one have now of burnt hair. We have we have Palo Santo like ready to go by the bar, and it's because these women are their hair is just lighting up. Oh, it happens all. It's so gross. And it's I think it, I don't know. Is there is there a different kind of candle? Can we? Can we yeah, create a candle? Yeah, but the they don't give the same vibe. They don't, but that's the only way people are not going to burn their hair. I don't know what to do. They're just people have to stop leaning over the bar. That's part of it. Because the more you lean over the bar, the votives are towards us. They're not really... The votives are towards us. Yeah, yeah. they're not like towards... So if you're leaning, you. don't lean. She was... The thing was, is she was taking a selfie <laughs> while her hair was on fire <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, you're here. And so the first couple, the first couple times I, I, um, you yeah. know, I'd be like, your hair's on fire, but I wouldn't touch it. But at this point I've become, I'm like, the, I'm like the, a re- fire rescue. Like I can just pat, I start patting it down immediately. I just start yeah. patting their hair down. Cause like, I just don't want to smell it. <laughs> I just don't want to smell it. And, but, but what was crazy is she was taking the selfie. So I was like, oh my God. And her boyfriend's like, oh my God, let me see that picture. He's like, it's like some Final Destination shit. <laughs> That's how you're going to die tonight, girl. You're going to die in a fire. Because like, oh my God. And if you know, the, if you know the Final Destinations yeah. and it looks like she's smiling, but you see like her a hair a little bit on fire and it's very Final Destination. Oh, I would have posted that immediately. I, I literally, me and him were dying. She was like so embarrassed. She like wanted to leave. And he was like, He was like, no, don't leave. It's fine. She's like, everybody knows it was my hair. He was like, so what? Yeah, because everyone looks, whose hair's on fire? Immediately. <laughs> everyone. And that's the thing, every old the staff does it. We have to stop doing that. We're like, whose hair's on fire now? And it's like, ooh, the staff is even saying it. It's like, yikes. No, Kat and I just, Kat just looked at me and she was like, again? And I was like, you know how this goes. And she's like, it's always on your side. And I was like, I don't know why. 
Uh, maybe because I'm short. No, it's not because of me. It's not because of me. No, it's it's them. not your fault at all. Is them? Not the one, you're not the one putting their hair on fire. Is them? Anyway. that a lot of us when we present drinks to people we have something we say or like not like here we like give them the drink and like enjoy or whatever i like to say cheers here's a drink cheers i've noticed more than ever in the past week if i'm serving more than one person and i put the drinks down and i say cheers they take it as a command <laughs> instead of me being like instead of like you know just like a not a greeting but like a a gesture yeah. and they'll be like oh yeah yeah sorry cheers and they'll cheers their friend and I'm like I'm not bossing you I'm not telling you to cheers your friend I was saying it as a gesture I just think it's hilarious because people get so shook they'll look at each other like oh yeah 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 sorry sorry whatever and I'm like bruh relax like you don't have to you don't have to I'm saying cheers to you like I'm gonna just enjoy. start just being like 20% when I drop when I drop my drinks down and they're gonna be like yeah 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 right yeah 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 right uh, <laughs> 20% oh my god oh my god imagine no I would never I would never either but I mean you can really say you cheers know, about someone getting you could because you know you can say things in the tone of <laughs> cheers like and I've 20%. tried to switch my, my and, tone and, and they think that you just said cheers yeah subliminal well it doesn't mean it doesn't even matter because I thought for a minute I'm like maybe I'm saying it wrong maybe I am delivering it as like a, a command so even when I try to be super nice and I'm like cheers like smiling with them they're like oh like it doesn't matter what my delivery is they just they take it as a command you a boss ass bitch and I and the, but, but also me and Drew were talking about this yesterday and he's like that does happen a lot yeah my last word is about Educating your guest in trying to eliminate this concept of like a skinny margarita or kind of anything skinny in reference to there being less sugar. I work at a mezcal and tequila bar and so I get a lot of requests for skinny margaritas and I just think that one, the idea that if you drink less agave in your margarita you're skinny or if you just drink a regular margarita you're fat or just those words right like or just associate you lose weight by drinking skinny margarita. just the association of the word skinny and it's cultural like what, it, what it's affiliated with yeah. and the image that it's affiliated with and like the mood that it brings and just it's just we have to move out of that direction and kind of really if we're the gatekeepers of cocktail names and trends, then we need to um, apply that. And it's called a Tommy's Margarita. Mm. 
mm-hmm. right? What they first of all do they do they even know what they want? No, you know yeah. what I mean. They don't even know what they want, but but what they think they want, I think, is what they're asking for is a margarita that has less sugar and obviously no sour mix and refers to fresh you know fresh lime fresh juice lime. and all that. Yeah. So what that is is, is Tommy's margarita, which is agave lime juice and tequila and that's something that already has a name that's already exists so i think if we should all try to move in a direction where if someone says can I have a skinny margarita you say um that's a ta- that's you know that's it's called a touch as you know like if you say tommy's margarita like every bartender will know what that is yeah um and because we don't really have the time or the rapport necessarily with every guest that we get to kind of correct them and explain how that's just negative body image imagery that's um same thing when it comes to like girly drinks and all that kind of what's the girliest drink on the menu or the manliest drink on the menu or i don't don't want what drink doesn't come in a girly glass like these are the opportunities we have like maybe like a five second window where we can come up with one-liners that we can't like sit there and you know reprimand our, our guests but um because we still are hosting and they still are our guests, but mm-hmm. definitely being able to like prepare yourself for some one-liners. So like Ricky, we were talking earlier and she mentioned that like glasses, glassware doesn't have any. Yeah. I just say drinks don't have gender. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what that means. What do you mean? Uh, the manliest drink on my, what does that mean? Drinks don't have gender. Drinks are for everyone. Yeah. So coming up and like, again, just c- kind of preparing these one-liners. Yeah. Um, just like saying, oh, that's called a Tommy's margarita. So what you're thinking of is lime juice, agave, tequila, and that's called a Tommy's margarita. So, so that's the name of it. Because again, they're they are always looking for to for to us for new trends, advice, what's cool, without even asking us. Like if a bartender just informs you, they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. This is what they told me. So like, this is the new thing. Yeah. So if the old thing was skinny margaritas, like make that shit the old thing. Because it's just not, it's not, and as like a thick ass woman, it's like, you're never going to get a skinny margarita from me. Not, I'm, I'm, it's it's always going to be a thick margarita because I made it. I just make them the same regardless. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, sure. Was it delicious? You enjoyed it? Great. Especially with the whole no sugar concept. Again, like telling your bar, you know, informing your guests to trust you about like, you're like, do, do you trust me? Because, you know, I need sugar. Like, you need balance. Balance is a, the most important thing in a cocktail. You're going to send it back. Yeah. I'm going to have to remake it because you didn't like it. Because it's gross. Because it's nasty. Yeah. So, my last word. 86, skinny margarita. Or anything that's associated with poor body image. Or, I don't know, insecurity about yeah sexuality and... All that All shit. Things. Yeah. 86 that. And and it takes two seconds. So you are we are the leaders of of this new cocktail wave and scene. And our guests being enthusiasts, uh, we are, you know, responsible for um for that. For that. Yeah. Cute. Well that's the end. That's all, folks. That's all we got. 